Welcome to the Live Point Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired by this message. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one more time. So good. So glad that you guys are here this morning. You could have been a lot of places, man. I know uh, most of you were crowded up in your home taking naps. How many of you took a nap yesterday? Be honest. Yeah, that's right. It's good nap weather right there. Somehow I missed mine, but uh, that's all right. We'll get one today, hopefully. And, uh, but you're out today. You could have gone to the boat. You could have gone to the beach, but you came to church. One more time, give it up for yourselves for getting to church. No place like it. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Amen. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Rich. I'm the lead pastor here at LifePoint. It's an incredible privilege for my wife, my daughter, and myself to serve this community. It's, it's um, moving fast. Time is fast. It's hard to believe it's June. What? What's going on? I don't even know what happened. You're just like blink, 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 and then the, the years peel off, months peel off, weeks peel off. Everything's just flying by. Uh, but again, I'm glad you're here. I want to take just a moment to recognize some super special people in the house. They're not going to like me for this. My mom and dad are here all the way from Minnesota. You guys can slip up your hands. They're on the front row. Um, so I'm not going to tell everything about them, but uh, if, you, if you don't like anything about me, you can blame it on them. Uh, and that's, <laughs> no, they, they, they are incredible parents, um, incredible grandparents, incredible friends, incredible shepherds. They've been in ministry for almost right at 50 years, right, Dad? Right at 50 years in August. And I, we honor you guys today. Thank you. Um, I'm everything I am because of them and, of course, the Lord Jesus. So thank you guys for loving me. And uh, we're excited. If you got your Bibles, turn over to the book of John, the Gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth book in the New Testament. And we're going to be in chapter 14 today. Familiar passage for Pentecost Sunday. Some of you know what that means. Some of you have no idea what that means. And that's okay. We're going to leave here, Lord willing, with a deeper understanding of what that means today. We are finishing our series, Yes and Amen. But before I get back to that, I want to tell you just a little bit. Uh, typically, it uh, means 50 days after Easter, Pentecost Sunday uh, may fall a little bit different. That word I know, Pentecost or Pentecostal, brings up for some of you some jarring things, right? Uh, some things that maybe you grew up with in a pretty hardcore church or something like that, and you saw some uh, a lot of emotionalism. But listen, we believe in Pentecost. We believe that was a wonderful day. Some would say that's the day that the church started, or at least the church as we know it. What had happened is Jesus was on the mountaintop before he ascended in, in Acts chapter 1 and 8. And he said, but you will receive what? Power. After this, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And then he actually ascended into heaven. They went back to Jerusalem to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And at just the right time, when our hearts were knit together after days and days and days of seeking the Lord, the Holy Spirit came, right, in his perfectness, and he filled them with that power, and they launched into an amazing, amazing gospel movement that has literally traveled all the way down here to us today. How many love Pentecost and the Holy Spirit and the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ? It's important. And so I don't know how much baggage you carry with you, but you can't throw everything out just because somebody acts crazy one time. You know what I mean? Otherwise, we'd all be out because there's a lot of craziness 
here in South Florida, and we're not talking about denominations, right? We're talking about a relationship with God. I don't care how high you jump in here on Sundays. I care, are you being led by the Spirit all week long? That's important. If you're not doing that, I just don't want to see it. And I don't, I don't care how your Pentecostal meter reads. <laughs> I don't care. And some of you might go like, why is that guy jumping in, up and down? You don't know what he's been saved from. How dare you judge his worship? You're not supposed to be looking at that guy. And if somebody else is sitting down and being quiet, you shouldn't judge them either. You don't know what God told them to do. He might have said out of Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. So they're doing that. You don't know. Focus on God and focus on yourself. Focusing on God. That's, okay. That's enough to worry about right there. But we are talking about the spirit-led life. In this first week of this series in 2 Corinthians in chapter 1, Verse 20, I told you that this is a passage that I've heard a lot of charismatic type people misuse over the years. We understand what he said there, that all of his promises are fulfilled in and through Christ Jesus. Jesus is the promise. That's the promise. Without Jesus, you don't have what it takes. With Jesus, you have what it takes to get it done. With him, you have everything that you need to be successful in your life. So all of his promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and our response is a huge amen. amen. That was not a huge amen. We're going to do that again. We'll do it ten times if that's what it takes. Right? His promises have been filled with a resounding yes, and our response is and there you go. Make sure you guys are awake. It's beautiful. And it's because of the blood of Jesus that we're able to do this. Justified. Moved into a place just as if you had never sinned. Special. And most everybody was given a cup. And we'll use these at the ends for communion Sunday. Last week I, I talked about the meeting place. Hebrews chapter 10. And we were able to finish up on Wednesday night. And Hebrews 10.25 said, let us not neglect meeting together as so many do and I said hey this is a meeting place and I love this meeting place I think you should be here every time the doors are open a very incredible time to get together during the week here but this is not the only meeting place in fact there's another meeting place that is absolutely crucial to your successful walk with Christ Jesus and that is this meeting place that happens all the time 24 hours a day and I'm living in awareness that the Holy Spirit is with me that he's guiding me that he's directing me that he's calling me that he's purposed me, and I'm just, I'm just doing my best just to, to walk with him, right? He's not going to fail me. And so I want you to understand that because we have failed, a lot of us uh, in our society, of this. We have failed to meet together. And you can be in this room and not do this. You can, you can get in these walls or any other walls of a church, and you can go to the, the, the highest church or the biggest steeple or the biggest bells and the best stained glass windows and travel the world, and you can do all of that and still miss this. We can't miss this. This is the meeting place, and God's saying, I just want to be with you. All from a time, I've told you this over and over again, I'll tell you one more time today. God just wants to be with you. He wants so much to be with you that he sent his son to die for you, to bring you into right relationship with him. And as we'll see today, he sent his Holy Spirit to walk alongside you, the paracletos, the God who walks alongside you for all time. As long as you're going to be on this earth, he is walking with you and will fill you and will guide you and direct you and strengthen you and give you hope and strengthen your weak knees when you need it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. He just wants to be with you. 
all from, all from eternity, God created Adam and Eve. He stuck them in the Garden of Eden, the meeting place, right? We messed that up as humanity. He put them out of the garden, told uh, Moses, he said, I want you to build a tabernacle where I can meet with you, right? In the Holy of Holies, there was some kind of separation there, and there was a veil, and even in the temple later, which was a meeting place, right? So God just wants to meet with us. And Jesus dies on the cross and tears the veil and says, you don't need to go to a temple anymore. You don't need to pay a guy. You don't need to give a guy a sacrifice. You bring me your sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Give me your life. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. That is God speaking to your heart, to our hearts today. And I want you to experience him. The beginning part of John chapter 14, Jesus had told him things like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He told him he was, he was going away. They didn't quite understand it. He knows his time on earth is, is winding down. It's coming to an end, and he's trying to prepare them for the ministry that they would have to take a hold of, that they would have to grab, that they would, would have to step into. And we're going to jump in for time's sake in, in verse 15 today, and I'm going to read some verses for, for more time's sake. And and then some I'll spend a little bit of time on. It says in verse 15, if you love me, what? Huh. Seems simple enough. So why do, we, why do we not do that? Right? If you love me, if you love me, keep my commandments. Do what I said. I've given you the law. I've given it. I've laid it out for you. By the way, I've told you this several times, but you need to understand. When God says not to do something or to do something, it's always for your good. Some of you are like, Christianity is so limiting. It's so suffocating. I don't feel suffocated. I feel excited. I'm, I'm filled. I'm thrilled. I don't know about you. And it seems like more and more the, the phone calls I get from people are people who would say things like that. Christianity is so suffocating. By the way, I'm so suffocated with my own life. Can you, I'm like, what you need is a breath of fresh air. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not so filled with yourself. When we're filled with ourselves, that's when we feel suffocated. The Holy Spirit doesn't suffocate us. God doesn't suffocate us. And we, we I know we sing things. We just sang a song earlier. And sometimes we say things like, come Holy Spirit. That's, that's not for him. That's for us. We don't always understand the depth of this whole thing. He always has been and will always be. And I, we, need to be, we need to tread always very carefully with inviting the Holy Spirit. He invites us into his presence. We don't invite him into our presence, right? And we'd be, oh, and how arrogant could that be, right? That we would invite God to have his way in our lives. He'll do, he does whatever he wants. He is God. But we struggle with this at, at some times. Verse 17 or 16, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. I don't know about you. That feels good. Right? I'll never leave you. Uh, most of us don't want to experience the never leaving part with people. You know what I mean? You know, some people you get around, you're like, I only can take them in small doses. You know those people? If you're those people, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Work on yourself. But, but the Holy Spirit, you need consistently, constantly filling to overflow. 
you don't want the Holy Spirit in small doses, right? That's reserved for people with crazy, crazy attitudes, right? And we, we have to understand that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. That was the promise of God. He didn't say tomorrow would be better. He didn't say it would be easy. He didn't say your kids would always listen to you. He said, I will be with you all along the way. This is the promise. Jesus is promising the Spirit. He's saying, guys, I'm not going to stay here much longer, as we'll see in just a minute, but there is going to be one who sent, the advocate, right? It says he is the Holy Spirit in verse 17. The Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and does not recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and now later, now and later will be in you. Now the Holy Spirit, we've, we've, we call him different names once again for us to try to understand about him. The comforter, the guide, the spirit of truth, the paraclete or the paracletos, the God who walks alongside. All of that is appropriate and it's right. But we begin, as we see these things, we begin to understand the responsibility and the role of the Holy Spirit. But his primary, uh, primary role that we see here is that he would be with us and that he would lead us into truth. Now, truth is, a, is, is not a funny thing, but the world has tried to make it a funny thing. You said, we say things in our society. I don't say things like this, but some people say, like, well, that's your truth. Now, listen, if I'm talking about the Lord, I'll just tell them straight up. When they say, well, that's your truth, I'll say, no, that's not, that's not my truth. That's the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? He is the truth. If you don't like that, that's up to you. But this is the truth. And now we've, we've come to this place where it's like, oh, that's your truth, and that's your truth. And people are living like there's no truth. I said, like there's no truth. There is a truth, but they're living like that. I saw a video early this morning where a guy thought he was a wolf. This is what happens when you have no standard of truth. Because once you break that and say, well, there's no real truth, so you do you and I'll do me. When I say, we know we have people thinking they're wolves. That's, that's, that's a problem, right? It's a problem. If we don't get this in our hearts and in our minds and have it established and rooted and grounded and fixed and transformed, God, transform our hearts and minds as a society. And if we don't live like this and if we don't stand for truth, who knows where it'll go? Literally, who knows? There's no stop. The only reason that some haven't done crazier things yet is because they have not thought of them. And when they think of them, it'll be even more bizarre. And in the end, we won't be shocked by anything, right? Because it's just crazier and crazier and crazier until we go back and say, no, there is an established truth. And it's the Holy Spirit that leads us to the truth into all truth, it says. All true. So when you were lost, when you were broken, when you were down and out and destitute and so low that you couldn't figure it out, your network couldn't get you out, your bank account couldn't get you out, and your family couldn't get you out, you cried out to God, the Holy Spirit put in and said, you need me. You don't need more money. You don't need more time. You need me. And you said, I do need you. That was him putting that truth inside of you and leading you to the truth. Truth isn't something that we just navigate however we want to. R.C. Sproul said it's defined as that which corresponds to the reality as perceived by God because God's perception of reality is never distorted. It's a perfect perception of reality. God's truth is the truth. Understand it, church. And only 
Only God, only the Holy Spirit can open your eyes. Now, we have aha moments in life when we figure out a calculus problem or a scientific thing that we're after, but it is the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can convict you of the deepest part of your sin, that he goes into your heart and says, that doesn't belong there. That spot, that thing that you're doing, that thing that you're processing right now, only he can do that. And only he can change our hearts to the truth of the gospel and say, I no longer want to act like a maniac. I want to live for Jesus. Only he can do that. Some of you are miracles. All of us are miracles if we've given our life to Jesus. You know, But some of you can look at your own life and go, my goodness, I was a crazy person, and God led me into truth, and now I'm living in the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, he leads us there, but it is our choice whether to separate or walk away from that truth, which is messed up, right? The Spirit always leads us to truth, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me read just a few verses to you for time's sake. Verse 18 says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live. You, will also, uh, you also will live. When I'm raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Lord, why are you going to... Re- Why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I want you to go back this week, and I want you to read those verses for yourself. Read them. Pray before you read them. Read them again. Read them in a different version and meditate on them because Jesus is repeating himself in there. And I, I've always believed that he was speaking to us, not just them there, the disciples, are speaking to us and saying, guys, stay. Stay. Remain. Cling. Hold. Grip. Wrap yourself. Let me wrap you and you wrap yourself. Don't get, let this knit together. Hold strong. Wrap yourself up. All of this stuff, I believe he's saying that to us now because if we're not careful, it's just like one thing after the other. Bam, 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 bam. Things are firing for our attention over and over again. Verse 25, Jesus said, I'm telling you these things now why I'm still with you. I mean, like repeatedly refers, and now it's like this reflective way. He's going back to his teachings. I've I've told you guys, and I've told you, and I've told you. Just like sometimes you tell your kids, you're like, I told you. You don't listen. It's the same kind of process, only his is divine, right? While I am still with you tells us that he is going away. They're trying to process this. The disciples, they couldn't get it. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, verse 26, That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I like this this word here. I I, I really keyed in on this year. But when? Not if. 
win. If he said it, he'll do it. If he said it, I believe it. If he said it, if he said it, right, begin to, sometimes you've got to do this. Sometimes you're going to, because life, this is, ex, this is exactly, what, what just happened here is exactly the process. It's exactly the process that we go through in life. I know he said it, but the situation's pretty big. I know he said it, but I know he said, listen, God doesn't operate in ifs. The only thing he operates with is his conditional promises. If you do this, then I will do this. But when he says something, I'm going to do something. It's not if. He says, I'm going to do it. And I know, I know, I know that's challenging for some of you. That is why he sent the Holy Spirit to teach us. We need to be taught. We need to be taught. We need to be instructed. Now, I've watched a lot of people in this last season go into depths of loneliness. It's a crazy emotion, loneliness. But if we believe what this passage is telling us, we'll know that we're never alone. Yeah, but, <laughs> and you want to go to this, so like, again, you got to tell yourself, right? You got to tell yourself, you got to keep, keep, get it in there. You gotta, and I'm not saying just charge yourself up to charge yourself up. I'm saying believe what God said. Believe on his word. I get it. It's not always chill bumps when you read it. Not everything is like that. It's not always super exciting. You don't always feel like going to connect group. Sometimes you're tired, right? You don't always feel like going to church, right? But if you will make this effort, and you certainly don't always feel like just pausing and saying, everybody get out of my face. I just need Jesus for a minute. Sometimes you got to do that and get it right and I know we occasionally feel like we're going through life alone, but you are not alone. Jesus said we would receive a guide for this life, and that guide is the Holy Spirit, and it's special in his role and responsibility, again, is to let you know that I'm with you. I'm with you. One of the principal tasks after Jesus went to heaven, right, is to remind the disciples and to remind you of everything that Jesus said. My guess is a lot of you don't read your Bible regularly, and that would be, I think, every day. <laughs> That's regular. And, and I, I'm, not, I'm not condemning you. What I'm saying is you need to read the Word of God. But even in our lapse, God is faithful. You know what I mean? And so even, even sometimes when maybe you're not reading like you should read, and then God does something, he brings to your memory a scripture, and you're like, I don't even know where that came from. I know where it came from. It came from the Holy Spirit. That's where it came from, because he's leading and guiding and pointing us to the truth. Always, always like this. Now, verse 20 says, I'm leaving, or 27, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind, peace of heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Well, there's a lot of people afraid. There's a lot of people troubled, not just been, but a lot of people are. We don't know what's going to happen. What if gas prices hit $7? What if they do hit $7? Then you'll still fill up. You'll just post pictures about it. <laughs> yes or no? That's what will happen. That's all that will happen if the prices go up. We'll just complain about it. It's not the end of the world. What is the end of the world is if you lose your life and go to hell for eternity, right? You can live through gas prices. You can live through busted economies. You can live through the worst crisis and actually do it with 
peace. It doesn't even make any sense to this world. And the closer we get to Jesus, the less we should be talking and worrying about these things. I'm not saying don't care. I'm not saying don't, you know, do things and get involved in politics. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying keep your focus on Jesus, and it will keep you from being troubled and afraid, at least to a a further degree. Peace of mind? Peace of heart? Is that possible? Yeah, it's possible. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace that comes from where? Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you're called to live in peace. Not just hang out there for a minute. No, you're to live in it and always be thankful. Jesus said, I can give you peace, but it's probably not going to be like you think it is. It's not going to look like what the world does. It's going to be like, if I could just get to that, ah, that cruise, that's peace. Really? You're going to get on a boat in the middle of the ocean with thousands of people? That's peaceful? No, I get it. I like like endless ice cream too. But (laughs) that's not peace. Those are just little moments of happiness that the world gives. It's different. It's different. It goes away quick. Jeremiah 6, 13 through 15 says, they offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wound. They give assurance of peace where there is no peace. And Jeremiah understood even as a young man that people were just off doing their own thing when they should have clung to God. They should have clung to him, right? And the world always promises peace. We talk about peace. We have peace treaties. We sign these covenants with each other and then start throwing rocks at each other. This is how the world operates. It cannot work well. Listen to this. Listen to this quote from Thomas Watson. He said, if God be our God, he will give us peace in trouble. When there is a storm without, he will make peace within. The world can create trouble and peace, but God can create peace in trouble. Some understand that. Joseph understood that, right? He understood that as his brother sold him to slavery. He was like the highs, the lows. He's in a pit, right? Then he's in Potiphar's house. Then he's back in the pit, right? He's up with Pharaoh and all this crazy. He was doing this. That's what he's doing. You know what that's called? Life. That's what it's called. It's called life. You have good days, you have bad days. You have wins, you have losses. You have failures, you fall down, you get up. This is what happens. Some people like you, some people hate you. Most really don't care about you that much. That's just the way life is, church. But God is constant in your life. He's the one constant. Joseph understood that. That's why when his brother stood in front of him, he could say in Genesis 50, 20, what you meant for harm against me, God meant for good to bring about this present result to preserve many people to life. And if you need the New Testament, Romans 8, 28, we know all things work together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. If you understand that, this won't bother you so much. He's like, okay, today is today, and tomorrow will be tomorrow. I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to believe his promises and give him a big amen. Thomas Merton said, we are not at peace with others because we're not at peace with ourselves, and we're not at peace with ourselves because we're not at peace with God. You're fighting with God. God just wants to be with you. Why are you fighting with him? Why? 
I mean, I, I, mean, I got I to gotta ask myself the same thing. Why am I fighting against him when he's just saying, come here? Nah. You know when your kids get to that age and you're trying to hold them and love on them and they're just pushing you and they just want to get down and like stick their finger in light sockets and stuff? And that's, oh, man, that's a challenging age. If you're like me, you know, there was just a point where I was like, I remember, I'm going to tell her, my daughter, she's somewhere in the room. There was a time where I picked her up from school one day and it was just like, that was nice till we got home. And I was like, let me talk to you for a second. <laughs> when you see me, it's always a good thing. Always. So we're not going to do this like you walk by me and like, <laughs> no, when you see me, it's a good thing. And when we see God, it's a good thing. And if you will open your eyes, you will see him. And he's just saying, come here. Just be with me. And we're like giving him the shrug. Okay. Forgive us, God. Forgive us for that. It's like, eh, eh, let's go, 28. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really love me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. I love this. Jesus was great. They saw the miracles, the water and the wine, the healing. They saw people tear off the roof to get their friend to Jesus so he could heal him and touch their life. Demon possessed. I mean, all kinds of crazy stuff. Walking on water, calming the storms, amazing things, amazing things. And he says, yeah, but my father, <laughs> he's greater than I am. He's greater than I am. That feels good. feels good. 29 says, I've told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. He's told them, he's telling you, and I'm telling you, and we're telling each other today. I don't have much more time to talk to you because the ruler of this world approaches and he has no power over me. That's such a good feeling. Some of you are like, man, the devil's had me in a chokehold all week. I'm like, well, why don't you escape? <laughs> Right? Why are you letting him choke you? Not doing anything really to change anything. You just want to complain about it. And pray, and read your Bible, and come to church. And oh, he's just choking me out. Well, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if you believe that the same power that we sang earlier that rolled a stone away lives in you. The same power, and I start believing that, I start focusing, I'm like, man, he's, he's got me. The, the promises of God are fulfilled in Christ Jesus, that he came, that he lived, that he went away, the Holy Spirit came, so that we could have power to be the witnesses, not to get trampled on by the enemy every day. Listen to this real quick. Verse 31 says, but I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Stand with me real quick. I'm not done. Stand with me real quick. Grab your cup. Grab your cup, please. Check, check out the last four words here. He says all this to them, and he goes on in, in chapter 15 and 16 and kind of just continues on this process of saying, hey, I'm leaving. The Holy Spirit's coming. You, you got you to pick up this and, and run with it. But this is what he says here. The last four words I just love. Come on, let's get going. Come on, let's get going. See, Jesus was always on mission. 
They didn't know not to be on mission. Even as a little kid, when they lost him at the temple, he said, don't you know that I have to be about my father's business? It's mission, it's purpose, it's vision, direct, purpose, called, moving towards it all the time. And every one of you has a call and a purpose on your life like that. And so there's times to talk, and we've talked, and we've talked, and we talk, and there's times to walk. And if you're going to walk, you're probably not going to talk too much because you're going to be too busy walking. So come on, let's go. Jesus didn't say, "Eh, he sent, he did send them out at times, but he's not even, the Holy Spirit was there, but not in the understanding that we have after reading Acts and seeing that it was actually he was going to come into us and fill us with power, but he was present there. But Jesus said, let's, let us, because he always wants to hang out with you. He always wants to hang out with you. And I know that most of us, at least to some degree, think about heaven we're like, I want to get there one day, and that's great. But listen to this. God doesn't want, just want the future with you, the future being heaven. He wants all of you right now. That, that stuff that's crazy, you know what I'm talking about. Stuff you don't tell anybody. If you did, they'd lock you up. That stuff, seriously, that dark, dark stuff. God's saying, I want you. Let me clean you up. Come here. It's communion Sunday here. We practice open communion here. What that means is you don't have to be a member of this specific church. So let me be very clear. I cannot be too clear in this. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have not invited him to be the Lord of your life. Everybody wants a Savior. Not everybody wants a Lord be the Lord and Savior of your life, if you are not trying to live for him, if you're not trying to obey his commands, I'm going to ask you not to do this. There's no condemnation. I'm not picking on you. We just take it pretty seriously around here. But if you have, and I welcome you to join in with us today. And if you haven't, but you want to, we're going to pray right now that God touches our hearts and changes our minds and transforms everything about us to make us more like him. And then we'll celebrate together. Right where you're at, would you bow your heads today? Father, I thank you for your promise. Thank you for being with us. Now we very often make a mess of things, our life, our world, but you're a restorer, you're a healer, you're a promise keeper, you're a lover of my soul just want to be with me. You just want to clean me up. You just want to make me righteous. Jesus, I thank you for your great sacrifice. God, we can't encapsulate in words everything that you did on Calvary. But we know that you did it for me. You did it for us. We are grateful. So in return, we give you our lives. It's our reasonable act of service. Have your way in my life, Jesus. Save my soul and be the Lord of my life. I believe in my heart and I confess in my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. As we peel back that top layer, as 
a wafer. Almost zero nutritional, phys physical nutritional value in this wafer. But so much in it. Matthew chapter 26, Jesus was in process of, of leaving. He was getting ready to leave. He's getting ready to depart. He's gathered with his disciples, the ones who had seen all these wonderful things, and they didn't quite grasp everything, but they were there. He's trying to teach them. He says, while they were eating, he took the bread and he broke it. He gave thanks for it. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. This is representative of the body of Jesus. I don't believe that it becomes the body of Jesus. I believe that it's representative of the body of Jesus. No less powerful. He just wanted to be with you, and he just wants to be with you. Would you tell him thank you and take and eat in remembrance? value, but ooh, spiritual value, the spiritual nutrition in this moment, it's everything. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. It had, had to happen. The perfect sacrifice. Jesus did it, and he did it for you, and he did it for me. You got to make it personal. He did that for me, and he did it for you. Why? Because he just wanted to be with you took the cup, blessed it, gave thanks for it, that this is the new covenant, this is the new stuff, this is the new stuff between you and me. Thank you, Jesus. Would you take and drink in remembrance? Just in your own words, just begin to thank him. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that we get to celebrate this moment. I thank you for the physical freedom that we have here in the United States, and I thank you for the spiritual freedom that we have anywhere because of you. Holy Spirit, I thank you for leading us into all truth. Have your way in this place, God. We can't do it without you, and we don't have to because you came for us. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. If you want more information about LifePoint or want to get in contact with us, please visit us at www.lpc.is. Hope you have an awesome week. Grace and peace.